Hello and welcome to the Kicksass podcast. I'm your host, John O'Landed, and in this podcast, we share excerpts from live, in-person SaaS growth events that I run in my hometown of Toronto, Canada. A little about me, I'm the founder and CEO of Hubly. We're a B2B SaaS company that helps private schools find new families to enroll and engage them throughout the entire enrollment journey. This episode is a recording of a recent roundtable discussion that I facilitated at the Hubly head office on the topic of SaaS lead generation strategies. So we're going to jump right into this episode, and I hope you enjoy this format and the content we go through here. And I look forward to sharing future episodes with you from these live SaaS growth workshops. All right, so uh, why don't we start with, um, we have, I put together a list of key questions, um, but you know, anyone can ask questions to everyone as well. Um, why don't we start with you, Jono? <laughs> so like, so uh, can you tell us how you generate sales lead for Hubly? Sure. So, um, so in our space, we're, we're targeting um, small private schools. So these are, uh, these are a very particular kind of business. And uh, one, of the, one of the benefits um, of the many challenges of working with schools is they're, they're, really, they're really easy to generate leads for depending like if you have the right product um so if you're like, we're selling to the school leadership the administration so what's really cool is if you call them the person that picks up the phone is actually like who you're trying to close so there's no like gatekeeper which is awesome so always try to find or try to find a product for the gatekeeper that's why i would suggest to people it's like yeah. everyone's like oh the gatekeeper i'm like why don't you sell something to the gatekeepers because they always pick up the phone. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so that just kind of happened. So we start when we started off, we were able to just literally cold call and, and close the sales, and um, so that was great. But obviously, it's the you know the slowest and the hardest. And um, as soon as we were able to, I, I started uh, testing um, like paid traffic into originally uh, you know uh, paid traffic basically from Facebook into the website where I just had a very kind of basic, you know, button to schedule a demo. And so we would generate demos that way. That was like the initial kind of paid traffic funnel. Um, and that would had, I mean, at that, that time, our cost of acquisition was like almost 10 times what it is right now. So like it was really wasn't, you know, it, it was okay, but it really was quite, challenging it took many calls to there was a lot of no-shows and it took many calls to close the deal and there's a whole bunch of there's a number of ways that we've optimized the sales funnel um to you know improve the cost of acquisition and, and shorten it but um as far as generating the leads at the top of the funnel um the two uh, well, uh, uh, we've, we've been developing a lot of content, uh, a lot of blog content that gets organic uh, opt-ins. Um, we've, um, what I've been developing over the last few years is um, trying to continuously add layers of, uh, hi there, come on in, um, you know, layers of education uh, and, um, and, you know, qualification between uh, the, the initial opt-in and uh, the, the sales call. So at this point, um, if, 
I could get this projector to work, I would, I would kind of show you my, uh, our, our whole funnel, but um, I'll just kind of describe it. Like, so now instead of just uh, Facebook ad to a, a, you know, the website and, and a demo sign up and then a demo, it's Facebook ad into a, uh, a webinar registration. They come into the webinar for an hour, they come out of the webinar, then they book a consultation and they're like, 80% sold by the time, you know, they show up. Uh, and there's, of course, many other steps in uh, automation in, in between, like, every stage of that. So this is a very high-level explanation of it. But that is how we are generating very, very hot leads now that close, uh, you know, like the cost of acquisition has gone from, like, 1200 down to under $150. So, um so that, you know, that's been the last two years. So, you know, I'm not what, sure. Was that all trial and error as you went through that process? Or were you following methodology from others that, that got you there? Yeah, I was, I was, well, it's a little of both. Like, you know, I... Um, I really wanted to try webinars. I, mm -hmm. I, I just, well, I just realized like this market really needs to be educated on, I mean, like they're really, um, it's a great opportunity because it's like a land grab, like, you know, for our market, they are business owners that are actually teachers, like they're teachers mm -hmm. running businesses. So like they're missing any kind of business education or experience. They just go from teacher to like, all of a sudden they're running a $10 million annual organization with no training in between, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so it takes a lot of education for them to just kind of realize just how poorly they, and just in general, the industry does things. So, so the education is really essential and that's a great opportunity to create like piping hot leads that are like on the brink of closing, you know, because you're really opening their eyes up for the first time to these things. So if you can get people into that position, it's wonderful for sales. They're not a sophisticated market. So you're not, it's not like a bunch of signal that you, you have to cut through where they're hearing the same thing all the time from a, a bunch of different people. Right. So, but it's the other, the other challenge is like you, you got to get them into that place and get them to open up their mind. So I noticed that your webinar was quite long. Mm -hmm. Is that normal in webinars? Like, I, I thought it was excessively long, but obviously it works for you. How long is it? Yeah, it's an hour um, plus. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's an hour yeah. plus. It goes on. Um, is it a live webinar or it's a recorded webinar? It, it was. Like, you know, you, it's, now they enter into, they think it's a live webinar. It's an evergreen <laughs> webinar. And, oh. Yeah, and we use we use a, a tool that makes it seem live, and they do think it's live, and they answer questions that I ask all the way through. Um, so it, it really works. So what if they have a question? Hmm? What if they have a question? Like, they chat, they and they chat. see their chat, and and uh, if I wanted to be, or somebody could be there live responding, but, but, you know, there's like, I think the first time there was an attendee, the, like the first time I did the, the, the live webinar, or like the one that was recorded probably had like 30 attendees. Now it's got like almost a thousand because they just keep on piling on and adding on and everybody's answers. Like, I'm like, you know, I ask it like, where are you from? And it's like, Houston, thanks. Like, like all of these 
people. And then, so you look really impressive because, wow, there's so many people here watching this guy. Um, but they don't know that that's been like collecting on for like almost six months. So, um, um, but as far as length goes, um, you got to find the right thing. Like it, it, it's, so part of it is, um, you know, when I started, when I decided to try the webinar thing, uh, the first opportunity I had was with a channel partner that is a, an association of schools. And they asked me to present in, in their webinar. So I did that. And so I, so interesting little uh, side note, I was like, okay, well, I've never made a webinar before. How do I do this? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went to, so I have a service that writes our blogs for us. Um, so I took one of their blogs because it was on the right topic and I used that as a roadmap. So it was a well-written blog. It was a good roadmap of, you know, and I was like, okay, well, because that's like the hardest part when you're trying to make something like a webinar or, an, you know, or a course or something. It's like, what's the roadmap? Like, where am I going with this thing? So I just used that. And then I just made a bunch of slides according to every sort of point in, a, in, in that. And, um, and that was how I started. And then, um, and that turned out really well. And from doing those webinars live, uh, I was like, oh, that, I got a bunch of demos out of it and, and I got sales out of it. And I was like, okay, well, this, this works well. So, so then I looked, you know, I looked into like webinar courses. So I, I bought one of these webinar guru courses and, um, you know, uh, I bought more than one of them and I went through more than one of them. And what the real value was like, uh, you know, I think Amy Porterfield, I think that's like, she's like, like one of these webinar gurus. People and um, I went through it, and you know, I got her template, and I used her template uh, to, you know, st- you know, just plugged in my content into her template, and it, it worked well. And it worked well because um, ultimately, sales is sales. You know, um, uh, if you take your cues from the most salesy infomercials, um, you're you're smart, like because humans make purchasing uh, decisions the same way, no matter where you are. And we go through a cognitive process when we make a buying decision. And that, that process shortens or lengthens depending on the size of the decision, but we go through that model. So, you know, like from a, an infomercial to a webinar to uh, a, a mailer that comes into your, you know, your mailbox, um, those direct mailer things, I mean, they have all the, the elements that humans need to make a buying decision. So something that I realized recently was like, how, cause you know, I, cause we we're selling in the education sector. And so I'm part of like a lot of ed tech meetups and things like that. And, uh, I was showing this group, uh, my, my webinar and, and they're like, wow, that's like really salesy. Like, how do you, how do you approach the market, this market like that? Cause, and I'm like, well, because like sales works, like you, you, you can't, if you don't do it this way, you won't close the deal. You know? So that what, what I realized was like, when you're watching an infomercial, like, you know, whatever it is, like knives or a slap chop or whatever it is, like, it seems ridiculous because you're not, the person that has that problem that he's speaking to. But when, when you are that person, like, like w- when you're in that, in that target zone, you're just eating it up because 
because you all of a sudden, you know, you activate as one, as the buyer, right? And so all of that really salesy, all those sales elements now mean something to you and you're responding to it because it's taking you through the process that you want to go through because you've got the problem that they're talking about, right? So whatever it is. Um, so, so I think that's the thing that I've learned really over the years is, um, you know, you know, some people are like, they, they're cringy around, you know, salesmanship and overly salesy landing pages, um, you know, but, but those things work and, and you really got to use them. And if you're not, um, like that should be your starting point. So, so at the beginning, you're already trying to sort right out of the gate. So when, when they come in, you're, you're hitting them right over the head and saying, hey, you know, either this is for you or it's not for you. Well, that's what, market, that's what marketing is. Marketing is um, helping people, you know, to, you know, take themselves out of the, like filter themselves out. Like right, you don't right. want to be the last thing. I mean, nothing. I, I, think, I think that that's a key point yeah. because I found a lot of the people I interact with are trying to hold as much of that basket as possible mm-hmm. when really they just need to be getting rid of it, right. you know, and, and just whittling it down as quickly as possible. Yeah. Can I ask, um, so are you doing subscription or is it, yeah. is it like monthly, annually? Um, well, we've moved more to annual, okay. but we started out doing like monthly, quarterly, and annually. Okay. So we used to be basically almost predominantly all monthly. Yeah. Um, and then um, I've just realized if I, I I can close them on an annual subscription, so why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you find that these efforts are more towards the, the larger uh, price point package. Um, well, so interestingly, like when I was doing monthly, it was a way harder sale. Um, and it was much, you know, um, this was kind of the topic of the last meetup where it was like much more, uh, here's the the backup pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone, you know, dig in. Um, so, um, what was I saying? So, so there's, I mean, there's so many elements to optimizing a sales funnel. Um, part of, part of, part of that for, for, for us was to uh, stop solving everybody's problems. Like we were just solving too many problems for too many people, and it just made the sales process way more complex and longer than it needed to be. And then by uh, we, we we offer the same platform, but we sell it. Uh, we we we're focusing on one problem at a time now in our sales. So we're closing way faster um, on annual subscriptions that are actually twice valued on a monthly basis, twice as much as it was before over twice as much. And it's way easier to close same customer, same platform. You know what I mean? So, um, so the, when by going annual, like the, yeah, the, 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 the ticket price went like the sales cycle shortened and the ticket price went up. But why is the annual subscription easier to sell than the uh, Why? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it's easier, but um, it hasn't slowed me down at all. And my, my sales metrics have improved like drastically. 
So I just, I just can't imagine why I would go monthly. Like, I don't think they're going to get any better. If there's no resistance yeah. to the sale, then just go for the money. So it's just something that you'll figure out about your market yeah. and your buyer. And if, you know, and you, so you got to ask, like, you just got to always ask for more. So you said you're using some software for the <laughs> Yeah, so for that, I mean, so my funnel has like four or four different like sort of SaaS products that I, you know, are all patched together. And then I have like an analytics package that sucks everything in to track, you know, the, the metrics. But um, so for that tool, I use uh, Webinar Jam. So Webinar Jam is just, uh, so they have like, they have two products basically. One's just an upgrade. So Webinar Jam is like the live webinar version. And then Ever Webinar is an upgrade. And that allows you to just take any one of your live webinars that you've done and just convert it to an evergreen webinar. And, you know, so basically, you know, you've, you've done all the work of doing it live. Now it's just like one click and you've got your evergreen webinar. But if someone asks you a question in that live uh, evergreen webinar, how do you answer like that? Is it- well, if, so they do have a feature where you can uh, log in to, to respond to chats live if you want to. I mean, I don't want to. So I get, basically on a daily basis, I get uh, a notification from Webinar Jam saying you've got like 25 new chat lines. So I can go in and approve them to be part of the next, like, uh, run of the webinar or delete them. Or I can insert answers to them, you know, even from fake people, you know, like it's, it, they've thought about everything. And these guys are, they're good. They're really good. And you mentioned you some blogging services. Blogging? Yeah, so, um, so I, I can't speak highly enough about these guys. Um, so it's a, it's a company called Audience Ops. And Audience Ops. Audience Ops. OPS, one word. So the guy's name is Brian Castle. He's got a, he's got a podcast that I've been listening to for years. And, um, and it's like the... Yeah, it's just like they just, it's just like the real basic best practices of like what every SaaS business needs, like a weekly blog service. Then they started a podcasting service. So I do both. And literally, they supply the podcast host. I just have to show up to a monthly like Zoom call and their podcast host interviews me on the topics I want them to talk about. They research them and all that stuff. And they, then they cut it. They, they make the blog article. They, they, they do everything around it too, like transcription, they post it in Buffer to all my channels, like send it the newsletter for me. It's like everything just perfect it's as you the it, So they actually, um, so, the, so originally, uh, what, before this guy Brian launched Audience Ops, he had a SaaS, he exited a SaaS product and then he developed this productized service, was what he coined it. Um, and then he actually has like an online course about productizing services. Um, and then he's now building, um, he's now, he just launched like a new like project management, SaaS project management geared towards a productized service type of team, you know, where it's like, so this typical SaaS bootstrap story where you like, you create a service and then, you know, and then you make tech to make your services more efficient and then you sell the tech, you know, that type of thing. So, um, where are they based? Oh, he's all, his whole team is 
virtual distributed. Oh. Yeah. So um, I would definitely. Yeah. So their service is great. So just to give you a set, just to give you a sense of the quality of their of their content. Um, so the head of the International Montessori Foundation, and who's an author, and he's like one of the biggest names in the industry. Um, uh, he like saw one of my articles, went through the e-course that they that those guys were, and then asked me if 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 he could publish that e-course in in their magazine that goes out to like thirty thousand schools. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and now now that guy's sitting on my board, like you know, it's like one of the most. I mean, strategic, you know, he started, then he became a customer and then, then, it be, you know, became an investor and a board member. So, um, all because of their, their blog articles and their e-course. So yeah, it's really, really, really high quality content. So, uh, at, at a, basically a quarter of what it would cost to like hire somebody, you know, and What's yeah, I think it's like a, like a, basically a thousand, it's like kind of, it's like a thousand for every other week or 2000 for every week. So I do the every every other week with both the blog and the podcast. So basically, my my list gets either an, a, a new blog article or a podcast episode every, every other week. Like every yeah, every week there's something happening, oh. and we you know basically it's so two thousand dollars, two thousand dollars for the for, for the two. Yeah. Uh, Five hundred per week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, uh, what marketing automation tools do you use, and is it hook into the webinar channel? So, like, yeah, would you be able to score based on if they ask a question or something? Yeah, so, um, so, uh, so I use um, Infusionsoft, um, which is like more for a small team because we're not that big right now. Um, and I mean, everything is a marketing automation tool. These, so there's like my my I use lead pages for the landing pages. Um, and everything ties into each other and everything ties into Zapier. So, you know, everything tags, everything. So, um, so it's like lead pages is the landing page and then that puts them into webinar jam. Webinar jam handles like the reminder sequence to get them to show up. And then, uh, that depending on what they do in webinar jam, it tags them in Infusionsoft where they also initially get entered into after the, the opt-in. And then depending on, Again, if they attend it or if they miss it, they get different sequences from Infusionsoft, um, and then it goes on. But yeah, so it's uh, and then I use uh, this tool, Funnelytics, to track. Funnelytics just lets you uh, uh, again suck in all the all the engagement from all, multiple platforms um, and kind of manage your UTM strategy and everything. So Funnelytics is kind of it's a new tool, but it's like everything I've been looking for you know, um, in that, in that sense. So you can patch together whatever you want. Cause I find like, there's like things like click funnels, which are, which is like a good all in one, you know, funnel builder and it has its own analytics package, but, um, all any all in one platform I find is like, cause click funnels has its own webinar feature, but it just, it doesn't have nearly the features as webinar jam, you know? And so, yeah. So, I like to patch things together more than stick with it on one one. question that I had was, <clears throat> you mentioned that uh, the cost of acquisition is now down to say less than $150. Mm -hmm. But where did it start? Like, how has the experience been over the year and 
It, where did it start? It started at around twelve hundred. Yeah, but that was that was like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So it's consistently gone. I mean, is it stabilizing at this mark? Well, you, you're always working at it. Thanks for coming. Yeah, um, you're always working at it, um, but uh, um, yeah, good to see you. Um, sorry, what was the question? I got distracted. The cost, the cost. Yeah. It went from 1200 to about yeah. 150. Is it stabilizing along that part? Like, has it been this? It's been, it's been, it's been consistently coming down. I, well, I don't know if it's going to get much lower than this. Yeah. So the things that might bring it, yeah, the things that might bring it down now is like that's exclusively based off Facebook ads. So uh, you know, getting better at at, at uh, you know, again, there's multiple conversion points. Um, and uh, so so one thing that really was quite interesting is um, you know, so you, you got to figure out which lever really changes the the metric the most. I found that um, certainly. Uh, so the the biggest shift was uh, getting away from just landing page demo opt-in. Like, sorry, hit the website, sign up for a demo. Like, that's when it was twelve hundred dollars, right? Mm -hmm. So they just sign up for a demo. It was like, let you know, probably a thirty percent show up rate. Like, it was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, it was like forty dollars a demo at that time, um, and. Um, and so all of those, you know, and then multiple meetings to, to actually get, get them to close. And it was very complex and too many, too many people were required for a decision. Then um, adding in the webinar, like, was a, like, remarkable change as far as quality of, first of all, show up rate and quality of, of, uh, of demo and, and, and conversion rate on the demo. So that really, because they, they were like pre-sold, you know, they, they, Essentially, the webinar is selling, selling them, right? Like, so, if, so the, the the key to using a webinar is like you're you're showing them your product, but they're coming in for. I mean, they know they're coming in to be demoed something, but you're offering real value. That's a real takeaway. That really they they're educated, and so you you can't just fake it. You really got to dig in and make a great webinar. My view, the webinar allows you the opportunity to go. And tell the story beyond just the part and totally. the business construction. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you have liberty, mm -hmm. uh, but that only happens in sort of account management when the relationship is built to a certain point that you can take it beyond what you're really looking to do in the short run, which is convert. Mm -hmm. um, the webinar allows you that hour or whatever to really build the story. Mm -hmm. And, it's, and I would think if you look at it from sort of, you know, in a big common way, if we're just doing the sales, our holidays to be smaller, sort of drop in and take someone in. But with the webinar, you're literally widening the the top of the funnel because you're talking about these things more as you know subject matter expert or mm -hmm. touching their business points and then they can relate. Not just to as a salesperson, you tend to kind of go through this whole process. Right? Okay, here's our product, here's competition, here are our USPs. Um, and that's how you've got to do it because that's the efficient way of doing it. But whilst the webinar is happening, sometimes um, you're discussing the larger topic and then mm -hmm. that resonates with the audience more mm -hmm. than anything else. Just that one thing you say about, you know, something that's got to do with school that is doing. And yeah. that's like, yeah, they feel that trust level, that comfort. Yes. And that kind of just says, okay, fine, I'm just going to buy this anyways. 
And if, God, if these people think this way about my process or know so much more about my process than I do, especially as you know, Jonah points out that in his um, scheme of things, um, you know, the audience is ready to be educated as long as being uh, the buyer. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why the webinar would be succeeding tremendously in your, um, uh, you know, practice. Right, and and um, and all the more so if, again, if uh, if this is all really new to them, you know. So, you as any sales requires, like you need to sort of flash your badge, make them think that you are like a real expert in the space. Like they want to talk to experts, they want to be sold by experts. Everybody wants to buy from an expert, and then you need to show your credibility, you know, and. You know, you got to like, you know, sales and marketing is a process of building trust with people, right? Like every stage of the process is just more and more trust until someone's willing to part with their hard earned money. So, um, so the more you can sort of like speak to their, their pain and, you know, show how, you know, you're, you're like, you're going after, you're trying to slay their, the dragons that are coming after them and all that stuff. Like that is like that's, you know, like people come out of my webinar and they're like, when they show up, like they tell me like they, like I really understand them. Like they're, and, and that's what, that's why I like about niche marketing because you can really understand that this, like my customer base is a very tight profile. Like they are so consistent. And when I build a business, I look for that. You know, like I'm looking for consistent buyer persona that I can craft the perfect, you know, um, sales experience for, um, and figure out what they need and figure out how to, you know, talk to them. And the more you niche down into a market, that's one of the benefits of niching down to a niche market is that you can learn that and, and, and really, you know, have a very concentrated laser that shoots, you know, shoots, uh, more powerful anyway. So, um, so the webinar was a huge shift in in the conversion, and then my next sort of uh, my next kind of um, revolution was I started so I I, I, I started selling I, so I wanted to see like my so my product I could not get customers my customers to buy my product in the webinar without a sales. It's not going to happen. But I wanted to see if I could create like a middle purchase that um, gets them to become a customer. Because once somebody pays you money psychologically, you're in a completely different basket in their in their head. Right. So it's like they've paid. So what I started doing, I, I tried first selling um, a course and I didn't create it. I just pitched it and nobody bought it. In the webinar so i was like okay i got some interest but nobody actually purchased it like yeah yeah so like i did the same webinar but then i on the end i tagged like i just swapped what i was pitching at the end of the webinar and i tried selling a course and i worked hard and i really you know i put a lot of effort into trying to sell that and uh and it didn't fly and then i said and then i what i did is i tried selling well i started what worked was selling a slightly cheaper offering, but, um, uh, just a, like a $97 consultation. So instead of booking a free consultation, they paid for it. And I, again, I worked hard to sell it. Like you got all, I'm going to give you these deliverables. It's going to, you know, 
like, you know, and I, you know, um, yes. Yeah, so, and that worked. Like they started, they started purchasing. Uh, so in the webinars, I was actually this automated evergreen webinar. I started making sales, like, just. And that was the first time I was like, holy shit, I'm just selling something in the actual webinar. They're clicking on it and putting in their credit card info. And then they're showing up for this consultation that they paid for. And 73% of those people uh, became a customer. So they paid $97 and 73% of those people then paid me like $3,000. So it's like, okay, that works really well, you know? <laughs> um, and, um, and then... And, and, I, and I've since switched because that, that really does, I mean, you get fewer consultations. So then I, I, then I, what I did is I decided to get more consultations, but then actually get my, just my sale to convert higher. So I, so now my sales convert at over 60% without a paid consultation, but I get more consultations because I'm not filtering with a purchase. So, you, you know, again, you're going to play with these levers and figure out what's right for you. And that's going to change depending on, so many different factors, like how big your team is, how much money you have to generate leads, like what's going on in the, you know, in the industry or whatever. But, what's the numbers like um, coming into the webinar and the ones that actually sign up for the demo after? Um, what was the drop-off like between? Coming into the webinar. So the ones that sign up for the webinar. Yeah, so we, yeah, have, so we have about an hour, we have about a 30% registration rate so it's a really high conversion rate on the on the registration page and then we have a over a i think a 43 44 percent show up rate which is pretty good um yeah. and then the one thing i don't have a good handle on is how many people show up actually uh schedule a consultation um that's something that has just been tough to track properly um, I'm not sure why, but it's, I've got something now that's like basically dedicated to like literally just this week trying to really finalize getting everything sort of, you know, tooled, tooled up properly. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the one conversion point I'm not totally solid on, but, um, but what I've seen is, uh, out of the people that stay, um, for the pitch, we have like a like a it's a thirty percent conversion rate on those people. Right. For the people that stick for the full hour and then act, well, I I pitch at around minute fifty. Right. You know. So the, the pitch is for the consultation. No. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, which is a free consultation, right? Yeah. 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 So I've gone back to the free consultation. Right. Yeah. With, with your niche being, let's say relatively not business minded or, or maybe not you know, highly technical or something mm -hmm. like that. What are the calls to action for a webinar? So I, I find like in, in our industry of in the, the POS space. Um, and you'll get some that are highly technical, but some you just have never heard of a webinar before. <laughs> don't know what conferences or something like that. So oh yeah. You know, you play with the, the CPAs? Yeah, so so we're 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 kind of going, we're doing another round of like headline testing in the ads, but um, so I've been really focusing on the Montessori market just as like a beachhead. And the, the two that perform the best is like Montessori marketing masterclass. And yeah, so that worked. I think that's the one that's performed the best so far. Um, 
also like Facebook ads for Montessori. So my webinar is how to use Facebook ads to grow your enrollment. That's what the topic of the, of the webinar is. Um, and so, yeah, so we don't really talk about, yeah, we don't use the word webinar because webinar means different things to different people. They, they think that's just a demo. Yeah. A lot of people think a webinar is just a one-on-one demo because mm-hmm. it's a web, you know, whatever. So, so masterclass or case study, use case study as well. Um, yeah. So um, is there anyone else here who would like to share their experience with generating sales leads for SaaS? We have Richard here from Applause who joined us remotely. Richard, do you want to share your experience with that, generating sales leads? Yeah, it was really uh, interesting. Uh, He mentioned a few things uh, regarding uh, sales being like ads. Uh, So what we do is at Applause, we do employee engagement. So we're mainly selling to HR. Uh, So HR directors, HR people. And the whole sales point is really uh, the employees. So employees who are disengaged don't give a lot of efforts. Employees who are disengaged tend to leave sooner uh, than uh, later. So they're not, they're taking the training uh, and they're not really beneficial to the company. So that's the whole sales pitch. They take less sick days and they're more motivated. So our platform software, what it does is that it makes it so that the employees feel more engaged because there's peer-to-peer recognition. So managers get to see what's going on uh, there on the sales team, for example. Um, But what I really liked about um, what uh, Jono said about it's like a media. People don't make the purchase on the first buy. So we had a lot of success when we started developing multiple touch points, whether it be Facebook ads uh, linked with uh, LinkedIn, uh, email, Google AdWords, uh, and so forth. Because what we realized with HR, we thought people were going to log in sign into the free platform and everything would be done that easy. Uh, We realized that no one was signing in, (laughs) even with all those efforts and generating a lot of people. So we really had to change our pitch and really show the value. Uh, We did webinars, not automated like you expressed, which was a great point. I definitely took some notes there. Uh, But we did webinars with like hr.com, which are niche markets, uh, to try to touch their client base. But what we're really seeing uh, success with is a LinkedIn sales navigator. So what we do is the sales team uh, filters through. Uh, we could choose company sizes, uh, geographic locations. Uh, we can even tag people. And whenever they're mentioned in a post or they comment somewhere or they're mentioned in the article, same thing as their company, we can then target them. So what we do is we reach out to them. We link whatever we see in the news. Uh, and then we uh, target them with that piece. For example, uh, Walmart shutting down a store and a thousand employees are laid off. Well, then we'll use that as a way of were they not engaged? Could they increase productivity so they didn't have to resort to that? Uh, so that helped us uh, a lot in that point. Um, so yeah, so that's basically the uh, sales gen. Uh, we still do the landing page. So Google AdWords to landing page. Uh, we tailor it to either executives. So we'll talk more about the bottom line and uh, how that could increase. And we have another landing page that targets more HR people. So spend less time uh, trying to go buy gifts for your employees or years of service. And we try to put the added value, always having the uh, call to action above the fold uh, to be able to book those free demos. Uh, The only difference that our demos, we try to keep it super short. 
a quick 15-minute to 30-minute maximum overview. Uh, we lead with the benefit. We don't focus too much on the features. We have, for example, surveys, polls, uh, marketplaces, design your perks. We really do a quick overview of everything to say how it can give, save them time in their workday or uh, give them peace of mind and take it from there. Somebody, somebody asked if uh, anybody here has tried AI lead generation tools. Have you? Um, have you? No. We're testing a tool right now, so I'm very curious. Um, What's its claim? Uh, the claim is that they will take the place of three PDRs. So mm -hmm. yeah, so basically, it, uh, it's an AI tool. You just tell it. Seven percent. Can you even like imagine that you're going to hit that? Thing? 
Think yeah. so. So you've got to you've got to kind of play that and balance it out in the sense that um, if if it's for and, and and what stage are you in the business as well? Like if you're a very established business and yeah. just the outreach is sort of you know opening the top of the funnel, great. But if you're in a business which is a newer startup or a scale up and you don't have the credibility behind you, you want very customized messages going out. Yeah. People even yeah. get their attention, the meetings, the conversation, right? Yeah. Because a, a larger, I, I, I work for a very established business. So as um, Joan has been using webinars, we were, our whole business was around content uh, in a B2B environment. All we did was create content, and content creation for us was literally free because we were in the business of data. We would collect data, we created the insight from the data, and we put it out as content. Whether we went to exhibitions and conferences and panel discussions, whatever, that was content that used to go to our website and everybody used to download that. What if we did webinars? What if we did state of the industry reports? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Like that state of the industry report used to get downloaded 10,000 times in the market. Yeah. A lot of them were repeat users as well, but we would almost always get newer leads coming through something like that. So yes. I think there's a stage and age of business yeah. in startups and scale-ups. Um, the AI thing might kind of fall short a little bit. But if it's like one of those things just creating top of the funnel and you're like a name that everyone knows and you receive an email from you, just kind of rings a bell for them and they want to come back, then you also want to take it a step further and AI qualifies it back for you as well yeah. as you which ones matter. Yeah. Um, rather than just you know doing that. So yeah, that's a good point for sure. Yeah, I, I imagine the headlines and the content that they're viewing in the ad core or in the messaging will play a big role. Yeah. And I don't know if the AI is, is playing with that or you have to generate that uh, yourself. The does the emails for you. So they can monitor them and they uh, craft them and adjust them based on the performance. Um, so yeah. the AI is not doing the, no, the so AI. typically with these things, the AI will look and then substitute and, and present the ones that are working the best. Yeah, I remember like they set up the first skills and then it runs from there. But uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. The whole point of the AI is that the AI will work not the human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe they're collecting data at this point. To yeah. Out, hey, what headlines work? Yeah. I don't know. They're still like in that very early stage, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then you have to start with something, right? Yes, yes, no, fair enough. It's specific. And but. then as it as it as So one thing that we're trying is, um, I mean, kind of going the opposite way. Okay. So I basically... There's this uh, company in the Philippines called Callbox, and they do, you know, they have a team. Yeah, yeah. and so um, I'm going to use them a little. We're going we're, we're, we're to test, like, literally, they're going to launch it this week, and we're going to test using them differently than their regular use case. Like, we don't want people, we don't want them scheduling demos for us, okay. which is what they, they're having a hard time wrapping, wrapping their heads around Because, <laughs> like, we just want them inviting people to the webinar. Yeah. Right, like we just want to get the right people at the top of the funnel. You know, the, like the webinar is a, it's a Ferrari engine at this point, and I just need premium gas going yeah. in. And um, and so, like, I, I don't want to talk to people if they, and I don't want my salespeople to talk to people if they haven't attended the webinar. Like my whole, I mean, my whole sales, uh, my sales funnel and my sales call is like scripted at this point. And it's like my salespeople are 
uh, actors. They're not they're not trying to figure out what to say. I want them to figure out on. I want I want them to focus on performing the yeah. sale rather than figuring out what this person needs to say. Because I'm because we have this incredibly tight profile. Um, everything we say, if 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 they're the right person, is going to strike them in their heart. You know what I mean? So like, um, so it's less of a. It, it uses all of the consultative sales best practices. Like if you read like spin selling and all that stuff, like all of that stuff is happening inside that, you know, that hour long call, but it, it generally takes an hour to close our customers, but we go through it and they're closed okay. um, and it's scripted. So it's like, I just want, I just want somebody to keep on getting people into that, into that webinar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so um, Jonah, like you're using webinar a lot, Richard from mm-hmm. Applause using LinkedIn Navigator. Mm-hmm. Does anyone here use cold calling? Is cold calling dead? <laughs> I do cold calling. You do cold calling. I do cold calling, yeah. All right, why right. don't you share your experience with cold calling? What's tough? Is, yeah, <laughs> is it tougher now than then? Well, I don't know. I've been doing only three months though. Three months, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of customers are you calling? Retailers. Retailers. Small to mid-sized retailers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there are some of them are not really professional business people. Yeah. (laughs) I often talk Mm -hmm. to gatekeepers. Usually, the owners are not there, and then so I I have to gatekeepers, and then oftentimes the the more successful the 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 uh, retailers are, uh, the the retailer is. it's harder to access the owner because like owners yeah. don't work at the store. So yeah, it, it takes uh, a longer um, process to get to them. So my experience with cold calling is that um, basically I, I started my career at a tech company in Montreal called IU Media, um, where we were selling Wi-Fi solutions, digital signage, and digital menu boards. So then I, you know, my boss was like, hey, why don't you target the transportation industry and sell them Wi-Fi solutions, onboard Wi-Fi solutions. This was back in 2014, 15. And this, you know, a lot of charter buses at that time, they still didn't have Wi-Fi solution, right? They didn't even think that they should bring it to their customers and make it part of the customer journey during that eight-hour travel or during, um, you know, like when they're taking videos or posting them on Instagram. I think that time Instagram wasn't popular yet, but like if you're in a tour bus and you know you're a tourist, you're not really from Canada, you don't really have a lot of data, then Wi-Fi is a really good solution, right? So then part of my job at that time was like really make a list of all these um, business owners who own charter buses and call them. My boss was like, call them. And I was so scared of cold calling. This was my first time. And you know, I had to put myself out there. I had to roll the sleeves, literally, <laughs> and call them, speak to the gatekeepers, get them to, you know, have their bosses to call me back. A lot of the times it would take 20 phone calls for me to reach somebody, <laughs> you know? And then a lot of the times I won't even, I would always leave a voice message. And then I would follow up with an email saying, hi, you know, I was trying to reach you. I couldn't reach you. I left your voice message. You know, here's what we do. And I didn't even have a customer base. And I was targeting um, Ontario at that time. But finally, I had one business owner who believed in me. um, And he believed in the products. I pitched it to him um, using WebEx. So it's kind of like a webinar. And... Mm -hmm. 
And he liked it. He tried it. He ordered one Wi-Fi unit, and then he ordered one more. And they used him as a reference. Mm-hmm. So I called everyone else who um, are, who are part of this association for charter buses, and I said, "This guy you, is using it. Why are you not using it?" And it became a domino effect. And then from there, it became easier for me to just send emails when I couldn't reach them because I would say in my email, "Here are." The people in your industry or here are the companies in your industries who are using our solution. And that's called phone Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, but, but it started with a call, with call calling, right? Because, you know, when you're speaking to them on the phone, it's easier for them to trust you. And I've never met any of these um, customers. See, that's the point. Like, the first one's going to be the hardest. Yeah, the first one's yeah, the hardest. The second one's slightly easier than the third. Yeah. Easier than that. It is a problem. Tell me something about cold calling. The more calls you make, the easier it gets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's easier. Yeah. So the only thing that you have to remember with cold calling mm-hmm. is just keep calling. Keep calling. Exactly. <laughs> That's the only thing. You know, next, 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 next. Yeah. Uh, and as you go through, you will start to figure out exactly uh, the, the terminology, the language, the you know, the keywords. <laughs> you know, just just like advertising. There, each industry has a language yeah, that they exactly. use, and you have to learn the language. And when you use that language in that industry, they start to respond to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that language initially, it'll take a whole bunch of calls, and, and then yeah. you start to realize because of the conversations that you have. Yeah. One other mechanical thing that you should know is if you want to reach bosses, um, if they're really serious. They're usually there before the employees in the morning. The gatekeepers are not there Mm -hmm. until 9 o'clock. So if you call before 9 o'clock, you will reach the bosses. And the gatekeepers are not there after 5 o'clock. And if you call, you'll reach the bosses. If you really want to reach the bosses, those are the two primary times that you want to call. (laughs) The rest of the day is a waste of time. (laughs) I totally agree with you. And uh, I definitely experienced that. I had a mentor and he was uh, a senior sales um, person in that, in that company, and he, that's what exactly he told me. He was like, call before nine and call after five. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me try this. And he did. Don't work. call during the day, do anything yeah. else, but. Uh, They're you know. busy, right? You don't want to talk to uh, another salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's very, very effective to reach uh, mm-hmm. the owners. My was we, we had three uh, junior salespeople, you know, just trying to get them to full call and mm-hmm. all of this. And, they, even if they finally did get through to a gatekeeper, we get a lot of tired readers. You know, just, oh, well, that sounds interesting. But it, it wasn't that they were really, you know, didn't really have the, you know, the budget and the, the, the and any of that. Um, so we, we just stopped talking. And we found that, you know, through, through channels, through social, and, and just, you know, ads, we're getting people who are actually looking for what. You know, what we have to offer. Really? The tire figures were wasting so much. It's a push push strategy in a lot of ways, right? Like you can have the push strategy, it used to work a little bit differently before, um, when there was sort of no maintain or dearth of information, not knowing who the owner sort of is, you're trying the elevation or whatever. Like it's changed. Technology, media, the personalization of media has changed so much, like your ads and, and what they're doing is literally doing the cold call yeah. in a lot of ways. Like that ad is so targeted to this profile that this owner is not going to the secretary, it's going to the owner. Because all of us came related to Facebook. And you know they've written an amazing thing out of it. 
which is used by literally every business, small or large, to kind of get your marketing message. I mean, Facebook.com only monetizes advertising on one channel, which is Facebook.com, based on the information that people are selling, like give it away without charging for it. And, and that's what they're amazingly monetizing. And that's that's why sometimes you will see now in the way that people are looking at their business outreach and if sales and marketing are coming together more than ever before, the, the top of the channel right at the bottom for more complicated sales belongs to marketing. The job of salespeople is to come in and navigate and help close mostly because a lot of the decisions are made um, in, in, in information-seeking stages, like when they are looking for a POS. The way, the way I describe that is the job of marketing is to bring people to the door. Yeah. The salesperson's job is to invite them in. And if marketing is not bringing them to the door, you're wasting time. I mean, you're just calling, calling by. Yeah. So, so, so the cold calling works very effectively for high-value targets. Mm -hmm. if, if you know specifically who the customer is and, and what your value proposition is for that particular customer, then you can call till the cows come home and, and it'll be worth it at the end of the day because the value of the sale is worth it. Yeah. So, but if, if that value sale is too low, you can't do it. It's a total waste of time. Yeah, we, we found that as we change our packages and we have more like lower price packages, it's not worth having paying the salary someone to do the cold calling no. anymore. So yeah, so yeah. we just we have one for some enterprise mm -hmm. packages and sorry, higher salesmen, but we're we're anyway. Yeah. On the cold calling. Yeah. Wow, so it's really changing. Like yeah. the, the landscape is changing. And it's a little bit generational too. It's generational. Yeah, mm -hmm. like it's hard. So like more you know, mature businesses like that's more their generations cold calling yeah. younger, you know. They don't even like to talk on the phone anymore, right? Yeah, like someone is very invasive, right? So it's like, whoa, you're like, yeah. exactly. it's so, yeah. It's like now people are scared whenever someone buzzes their door. They're like, who is there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or someone is knocking, right? But I guess the same thing with cold calling because people are so not used to like, talking on the phone anymore now you have someone calling you and they want to like you know you never spoken to them you have no yeah. idea who they are so yeah it does make sense versus saying well that makes me think that maybe i should start using facebook because <laughs> 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 yeah. all of actually like our customers prospective customers like they're not really on linkedin like some more enterprise minded mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, customers, I mean, prospective customers are on LinkedIn, but yeah, yeah, but because like our like our customers are more, um, you know, business of B2C, so they tend to be more on Facebook. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I'm kind of like, I haven't really experimented uh, yet, but I'm thinking like maybe I should try. Do you have any way to choose a, a niche market and see how you do it? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm trying to be more strategic, like, in terms of, yeah. like, I can really call anybody, but yeah. then that doesn't really guarantee any um, yeah. monthly revenue. So that I'm kind of trying to be more strategic in terms of, like, looking for people with potential pay and also money and the right fit. So, so that I don't necessarily waste my time. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Have you tried Instagram? I have. It's just that, like, again, like, I... I have like essentially like our benchmark is um, determined by the number of calls that we make. So Instagram, like reaching out to via Instagram doesn't really count, but but in terms of like being efficient, I, I think like for instance, like Facebook and Insta Instagram may be more efficient, like in terms of reaching out to 
potential micro like our customers and rather than just calling. I've, I've seen like crazy success on, on Instagram. Not mm-hmm. I, you know, ads This is for B two B. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. At, again, like retailers. Yeah. Um, and what's what was really surprising was I just started to just kind of you know chat with them on their posts and whatever, but. It was actually led by uh, one of our first merchants who reached out and, and sent us a direct message asking a question. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe other people will be open to getting a direct message this way because it's not overdone like Twitter. You know, right. Twitter killed you know, direct messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I just kind of reached out, you know, maybe I'll post one of their posts on, on our story and just kind of maybe keep comment about it or so I thought and then reach out and a direct message. Just say, hey, you know, we, we've got this, you know, this guy, would you mind if I can send it your way? Um, and I've been so shocked at even, you know, the interior size of business that I've got a response right away. To it, here's our email, you know, go ahead and reach out. So it's, it's been really successful. It, ma- it really does matter vertical by vertical. Like, I, I was consulting with a company for, um, you know, sustainability, mobility startup, and LinkedIn wasn't. You know, doing well, even though we wanted head of um, sustainability, like, you know, perks and benefits kind of people, it wasn't. But again, if you get onto a sort of less formal channel, um, the conversation really does become a conversation and you're treated a little bit of an equal, I think. Whereas if you're on the sales side and then you're just pitching in a formal email or through a LinkedIn message, I, I think that the relationship is not one of equality. Um, unless, of course, you, you come in with the reputation and the company, whatever. So it, it, it depends in, in a lot of ways. Of, and the audience defines um, sort of what works. Um, and we've, we've had the exact same messaging on LinkedIn, and it's yeah. zero response. People yeah. just like, don't want to pop up there. And because they're sold to a lot on LinkedIn. Yeah, I find that yeah. right now the LinkedIn feed is just absolutely full of advertising. It drives me crazy on music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scanning through now, just like a waste of time. Yeah, yeah so. and personally, I don't like receiving like you know um, automated sales emails. Yeah. I just feel like it's so impersonal. I don't even bother opening it personally. But, but then I don't mind if someone reaches out to me on LinkedIn because they can't find my email address. And but then they have to make it you know customized. Yeah. <laughs> if, like, if somebody sends me, I've, I, you know, you have to be the right person looking to solve the right problem. Yeah. Like that's where it has to start. But like I've I've gotten some cold emails where I'm like, damn, just I'm impressed. I'm mm-hmm. gonna reply because I'm like, yeah, I mean you guys struck me right through my heart. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's something that he like he nailed me. Like he's got he's got me down. And I was like, okay, I'll talk to you. I mean it was that good. You know, it was just a couple sentences. But you can do you can be you can do a really good job. I mean you just gotta Really know your market, and that's why I, that's why I'm always telling everybody so, like so niche down. One thing I found, uh, I was selling uh, e-commerce systems um, a while back, and um, what I found is is the people who are making the decisions are, are interested in two things: it's either um, how can you make me money, mm-hmm. how can you save me money, and if you can tackle either of those things in in very short, precise manner. Uh, they will respond. That's it. And if, if you're not addressing that in a cold email or in your message that you leave or whatever, waste yeah. time. Saving money and making money, saving money. money. That's and, it. Getting, and then you have promotion. <laughs> <laughs> making money, saving 
everybody, that's it. Don't talk about anything else. It's just, you know, it's a complete waste. Nobody cares about the features in your, in your project. That's for sure. Yeah, so, um, so, so, I mean, and I always, you know, when I'm talking to my salespeople, like, I'm always going over this strategy or this, this point with them. It's like, in sales, like, well, anybody is, is just trying to get to a result, right? And everyone talks, you know, it's like, you know, benefits instead of features, but really I think it's results. Like, when, when you are, uh, like, when, when, and I learned this a hard, hard way, but I spent a lot of time you know, doing demos, like with my live, live product, showing them a bunch of features. Right. And, um, then I was just like, then I stopped and I just made a, a slide deck of just like, yeah, I, we bar- I barely go into features. Like I never, it's hardly ever about features. I, I just focus on case studies, a customer, just like them. This is where they were. This is where we got them to. And, like these are the results that they got. These are the results that you can expect by doing A, B, and C. And then I just kind of breeze over the A, B, and C because they don't care because they're just trying to get from this desert island to the tropical oasis. And they don't care if it's a rowboat or a rocket ship that takes them there, right? They just want to get there. Like they, they, want, to, like they want you to show them that you're going to get them there, whatever your way is. They don't really care, you know, as long as, you know, yeah. within reason but it's not about the features like mm-hmm. uh, results so like results meaning like how much more money you can make or use on pos systems I, i've been at checkouts where you think it was really simple you know stamps and whatever boom and you're done and they're there you know and you're saying there like <laughs> right? <laughs> I want to pay, I want my coffee, I want to get out of here. And, you know, I don't know what system they're using, but obviously the system is asking them for other information, you know, who I am, what I'm doing, what, what I'm wearing, I don't know, they're trying to collect some data. And this person is inputting that information while I'm sitting there waiting for my coffee. Like, I've got three seconds, get my damn coffee, get me out of there. You know, don't mess with the rest of it. So, if the systems, you know, can somehow, you know, speed up that process, which is typically what the retail issue is, you know, look at uh, Christmas when everybody is shopping and you got, you know, 10,000 people in the line. I can't tell you how many times I love products and just go back to the store yeah, because I, I absolutely refuse, you know, to stand there in those crazy lines. Yeah. So if your POS system can't get me through faster or, or help with those bottlenecks, I'm not interested that's why Amazon is what it is, right? Yeah, absolutely. But that's a niche thing. Like, as a business, you've got to also identify what you're going to leave on the table. Yeah, yeah. Some businesses just want those people who want to queue up and get them packed nicely and take them away. I go shop at Walmart for that reason. I hate Walmart for that reason. You know, you can have the cheapest prices and not lining up for 25 minutes to check out. Sorry. Mm. (laughs) Ain't gonna happen. You know? So I'll, I'll do a lot of pay-free and I'll Yeah, I just spent way too much on pants because I went to Nordstrom and I just <laughs> didn't want to. Sh- I fucking hate shopping for clothes. And they have people there that shop for you. It's like, wow. And <laughs> yeah, I was like, I holy shit, those are expensive. But okay. <laughs> and then my wife told me, 
Well, you gotta talk. You gotta tell them like the Rangers. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they had the Price Rangers. Spent way too much. Anyways, but it was magical. I just stood there. They brought stuff to me. Yeah. I didn't. It fit. Mm-hmm. They were good. You know, like. Anyways, totally Maybe like last summer should start creating some sort of uh, Uber for uh, shopping experience. There well, it's pretty much there now. Right? right? They just yeah. deliver your clothes too, right? Yeah, some of them are doing that. Yeah, some of them are doing that, right? Yeah. You just, um, you know, you pick it up, whatever, and then they deliver it for you. Yeah. And they can shop for you too, I guess. <laughs> just tell them what you're looking for. Well, there are some services. There's the digital concierges. Yeah, yeah they're, they're kind of market-based products out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, oh. there was a service out in the UK, actually, talking about AI. And I, I logged in, and you couldn't see anything until you went through a series of pictures of people dressed in a very similar way, very subtle differences. And I, I forget how many images there were. So you, you had to pick the preferences, whatever, and then they asked you, what are you shopping for today? And they would zoom right in on pants, and and that's all you saw. And you only saw the pants in the styles that you had checked off, yeah. and the color that you said, and the size that you said. That was it. And they, you know, talk about narrowing the fun. Yeah, right? that's so great. Like zoomed right in. That, that <laughs> was it. I, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, yes. yeah. I mean, I'm like, well, I found lots of shirts now. So yeah. 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 Well, then I click on the shirt button. Like, okay, there. But I said, yeah. when I was looking for pants, and generally with guys, I mean, when you, you go to a shop, you're you're looking for shirts, you're looking for pants, you're looking for a suit. You know, you're in, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you're not sort of browsing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> when I was a kid, like you just go to like the store with parents, and they just, there'll be somebody bringing some clothes, and it wasn't like an expensive thing, it was a normal service. Everybody had a small farm for shops. Yeah, they were just like find some stuff. It's weird, like it's just now. Yeah. Every time I go to Zara, it's like, can some somebody like no, like like the clothes, but. Yeah. So Yeah. So this is now the the retail bitching meetup. <laughs> Whose fault is that? <laughs> Lots of drop, uh, name dropping there. <laughs> I hope Zara was listening. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's um seven fifty one p.m. Does anyone else want to share some experience or have any questions? Richard, I I know you, are you still there? I am, I am. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying this even though you're not physically with us. That's it. Next time I have to physically be there. So it's up for me next time. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's plenty left. I'll ship it over. <laughs> Sounds good. I have a question for everyone, sorry. Um, like, any tips on email marketing to share? Uh, I would appreciate it. Uh, let's try to narrow it down. Like, like, in terms of messaging itself? Um, uh, the, the, um, the, the subject really matters. Mm-hmm. you got to play with the subject. Short, concise. you got to remember that probably most people are reading it first on the phone. And only so many words show up in the title in the, in the subject. So um, you have to make sure that whatever shows gets their attention immediately. And again, it's got to be focused around making money, saving money. Beautiful, that in subject, right? 
something that indicates that mm -hmm. in, in the subject line. I would, and I, and I would play with like really, like test really extreme differences, mm -hmm. uh, meaning like, so subject lines like focus first on like value propositions, mm -hmm. like the big, like the big things. And then as far as like the content and the email, like try really short and try really long. You know what I mean? Like, don't, because when you start trying these things and if you, if, you, if you have something that allows you to track it, then you want to see what, you know, but definitely, you know, first you start with getting opens, like that, yeah. that's based on the subject line and maybe the, uh, uh, like the, the, the preview, right? And then, and then from there, like you're, you're, you know, so that's what gets opens and then what gets clicks or whatever it is, replies or clicks is going to be the content. And if you're trying to, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of theories out there, based off you know what people see, but everything's industry specific. So industry and like buyer persona specific. So you got to figure out what works for your for your for you. Um, and so if you're trying to start a conversation, make sure you're asking questions. But some really good plugins that help you very quickly, uh, like um, like Boomerang has a. Like Boomerang for Gmail has this thing that's like you know it, as you're typing it's it's like rating your thing for responsibility, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. response ability, not responsive, yeah. um, <laughs> and uh, responsibleness. I don't know what it's called. Responsive. Uh, responsive. No, no, responsive ability. Like how able it is to get responses. Yeah. Um, uh, Hubspot also has a um, bunch of white papers out there on on subject lines and and different things that, that work. But again, it's, it's industry specific, so you may want to go top 10, you know, subject lines for your industry, POS industry, yeah. and, and see what uh, shows up. But what I do as well is, is go and subscribe to a whole bunch of your competitors, mm -hmm. and oh, then you'll you get some ideas, and then yeah. test out. Do you see yeah. And, then, and then random things like, you know, I found like meeting requests yeah. and the subject line it's sometimes. Yeah, it, it gets really good response depending right. on who I'm, I'm interacting with. Mm -hmm. So nothing related to your industry or whatever, just meeting requests and then get into it below and they'll click and, and open up. What's up? What are you seeing? Yeah, so <laughs> it's just, it's just random. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then also like we have mail track, yeah. but it does only track Open like mail, open. not like how long they stayed on it, or yeah. yeah, like Boomerang has a. I mean, there's a there's a bunch of these that they never. Boomerang has a bunch of great, really smart features for like, mm -hmm. like, uh, like individual email tracking. Mm -hmm. So you can send it, and then if it doesn't reply, if you don't get a reply or something by a certain time, it'll pop it back up so you can respond. And uh, and then it's got calendar integration. So if they, like, I mean, it's it's cool. I like it a lot, but there's. There's other suites in there that have all the same features, but mm -hmm. you know, there's, you know, and then Google's starting to build their own now. Gmail is just yeah, we native now. We don't pay for subscriptions, but for those add-ons though, because like mm -hmm. mail check is free. That's why we have it. Like, no. We're not paying for it. Are you able? Are you using your own device or is it a company? Uh, well, I use my Mac. Computer. Uh -huh. I mean, that's provided by the company, but okay. I. Yeah, but you can good. install plugins. Oh yes, yes, yes. So it's just that like I'm not just like go ahead and then like I can't go ahead and just subscribe and then like express it. Like I need sure. to, yeah, right. yeah. 
you might might make more money if you yeah. separate yourself. <laughs> you know, it's just something to think about. Yeah. You're really you're always in the business of you. You know. From yes. assumption, September, we're thinking so it, it, it'll be elevate. Hmm? there's elevate elevate yeah we're going to uh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna yes. compete we're gonna we're gonna take out elevate this year. <laughs> um that's our goal for, for next month there's also but, the tiff um tiff <laughs> elevate schmelevate <laughs> actually they may not be able to get here because of tiff <laughs> oh yeah that's true yes. yeah but um, yeah, sign up to the to join us in Slack and also uh, join our Toronto SAS Meetup page so you can always stay uh, updated. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks everyone for coming. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And feel free to stay if you want to like eat and chat. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, bye, Richard. Thanks, guys. Take care.